Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place we discuss all things USMNT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian. I'm joined once again by my co-host in Tocayo, Adrian. Adrian, what's good, man? How are you? I'm doing all right, dude. Just here packing up. I'm leaving to Mexico tomorrow. And while I was doing my stuff, I was also watching uh, El Tri uh, destroy Honduras. Yeah, man. Uh, El Tri is back, hopefully. Um, <laughs> obviously, the, uh, the opposition played a factor, but we'll get into it. Um, this episode, we're going to be going over a couple takeaways, three takeaways from each match, USA, Jamaica, and Mexico, um, Honduras, after the first tornada, the first round of matches, uh, at least for those two countries, concluded here this weekend. Um, let's start off with uh, the first game that happened, the first game for the USA and the first game to inaugurate the Gold Cup 2023, uh, USA against Jamaica. Jamaica, obviously, we discussed in the USA Gold Cup preview. And I think it was shown uh, in this previous match against the USA that they are going to be a force, man. Um, they played well. I think of their um, starting 11, six of them were playing in the EPL or championship. Um, so they, they they gave this uh, B squad USA team a run for their money. And uh, they, at times, dominated. I think the possession dominated the game, the speed of play. And if it weren't for um, our first takeaway here, Matt Turner... I think uh, the USA could have come out with a with a loss. I think uh, this this match just goes to show the importance of Matt Turner. Um, he's been developing into a great keeper, as we've noticed with the United States in the past at least 20, 30 years. In one position they haven't really struggled ever with is goalkeeper, right? They had Brad Friedel, they had uh, Casey Keller, Tim Howard. Um, they've always had a really good uh, keeper that's played at the high level. Matt Turner now, I believe, has become the undisputed number one by a long a long, uh, you know, space, right? I mean, he he's a lot better than Zach Steffen, than uh, Horvath. Um, and if, again, if he wasn't for him blocking that penalty and a couple other crucial saves, I think the USA could have came out in trouble here. Would you agree with that? Do you think Turner is number one undisputed? I think so. I mean, he, he kind of sort of settled into that role um, out, of, out, of, out on a whim, right? I guess no one expected him to, uh, I guess, take, take the spot from Zach Steffen. Uh, because Stefan was pretty much the first option for Triple G during his, I guess, the first years of his tenure, right? But I think it goes to show that Matt Turning is settling not only as a goalkeeper, but as a leader on on that dressing room. Um, I, I think it's it's also interesting to see how he's taking the role with the USMNT, even though he doesn't have that much playtime with Arsenal. So uh, hopefully this Gold Cup and the Nations League help him to find an, an, a new a team so it catches someone's eye in Europe and he's able to get more play time so he continues to have strong displays with with the USMNT yeah uh, definitely at least a lone move if not a permanent move mm -hmm. um you know he he oftentimes finds himself playing in the FA Cup or Carabao Cup but he definitely needs more um, consistency um that, that kind of brings us to our next point. Uh, so BJ Callahan decided to play a 4-2-3-1 uh, this match with Matt Turner in goal. The back four being DeAndre Yedlin and jo uh, Tolkien on the on the wings uh, with Matt Miazga and Aaron Long in the center back roles. In the kind of two uh, holding midfielders was uh, Aiden Morris and Sands. And the attackers were Sendejas, Ana Sonora, uh, Jordan Morris, and Jesus Ferreira. Um, I think what uh, we could take away from this lineup and from that performance, especially in the first half, um, <laughs> this might sound harsh, but man, I think it's time to stop calling Aaron Long, stop calling Jordan Morris, stop calling, even though he came on the second half, 
He didn't play horrible, but he there was you know I, I just don't see why he's still being called up. Christian Roldan, uh, these three players, nothing against you know people are gonna say you know uh, hate MLS. No, we know MLS. You know it's fine. We watch it. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of players here that are MLS based that we we root for, we support, we think are good players. But I just think these three players in particular have um, outlasted their yeah their performance right their their performance mm-hmm. to uh to their, their call up to performance ratio it's a lot lower <laughs> that they're not performing yeah. as, as, the, as what they should be and especially with the pool of players that you have right now i, I still i mean you know i'm still scratching my head as to why they keep on calling them specifically you know yeah they i don't know if uh the, how who they know or how they keep call, getting called up but i mean like we rolled on and um all three of them all three of them went to the world yeah. cup now that i think about it and uh, they got they got playing time. Uh, two of them, I don't think Roldan did, but I, I know Long and uh, Morris did. I don't know, man. Um, for these types of games, you would expect uh, United States B team to be dominant at this type of Gold Cup situation. Um, they weren't the, these guys weren't the only ones to blame, but I think there were two two or three of the performers that I just was like, um, you know, they 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 just don't deserve to be called up anymore for the at least until they if they if they improve. Call them up, but at the level they're playing at, especially with the national team right now, um, you know we saw on that on that goal that Jamaica scored. Uh, Long kind of lost his man. Um, Miazga was still kind of playing him in, but I mean Long should have kind of carried him, yeah. or kept track of him. Um, I don't know. It just uh, I, time to get new blood in there for you know. There's plenty of young guys in MLS, young guys across Europe that we could call in for this type of tournament that we don't have to keep relying on these type of players. Um, mm-hmm. That brings us to the next point, uh, last point about the USA. Um, Brandon Vasquez, man, he came in, saved the day with 15 minutes of playing time or less. Um, and I think uh, based off his performance, he took he took advantage of, you know, the time he, he was playing in there. Uh, you know, the side note, he in this game has officially become cap tied to the US M&T. Uh, he was still, you know, he still had potential to go play for Mexico, um, but uh, he had played in the January Climb Cupcake. But the, as we know, those were not uh, official matches. So with this, he becomes officially tied to the USMNT. He scored on his official debut um, on an official match. Uh, wasn't amazing goal, but he, you know, he it was a rebound off a defender from Jamaica. He he did a poacher's goal, right? Forwards goal. He got I mean, it. He he was there when he needed to, right? He was right. there in the right place at the right time. That's what you need from your forwards, mm-hmm. that instinct. So, um, exactly. you know, going forward in this tournament, I'd like to see BJ Callahan start Brandon Vasquez. Uh, maybe take a, a Ferreira out or um, play him at a lower position, kind of as a where he had Sonora as kind of a ten role because um, mm-hmm. I didn't see Sonora do do much either. Um, but uh, definitely as a number nine role, play Brandon Vasquez. Um, yeah, man, for sure. I mean. You're not gonna get any, any disagreement from me. There's no. It's not a lie that I'm a huge fan of Brandon Vasquez. I mean, it's as sad as I as I feel right now because he's captured to the USMNT. I still had that, you know, some hope that he would, you know, take the challenge and join uh, L3. I don't blame him. I probably would do the same thing if I if it, if it was on his situation, right? <laughs> um, especially because uh, he's linked to I think uh, to a move to the Bundesliga. I don't know where. Yeah. Um, but he's probably soon going to be playing over there. Um, and yeah, I think he has proven that he needs to be at least given the shot to be the next starting striker for the next right. match. 
Um, I think even though he didn't play that much, uh, and of course the goal helps him in his, you know, I guess getting a, a better grade performance-wise for this match. Um, I think he was still more uncomfortable and more active than Jesus Ferreira throughout the entire match. Um, I know that people like Jesus Ferreira. I know that BJ Callahan and Triple G and all those guys like Jesus Ferreira, but I just don't get it, man. I really don't. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't see how Jesus Ferreira is better than Brandon Vasquez. I don't see how Jesus Fer- man. You know what? Even take Yassi's out of this, dude. Like honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a hot, hot take, man. I don't know, man. I don't know about I that, mean, but uh, why not call Haji Wright? You know, why not call Jordan Pifok? Right. I'll agree with Instead you on that. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sa- Saturday's probably, I don't agree with you there. But yeah, Peapock, <laughs> Ajirai, yeah, uh, definitely. I think uh, all those guys are above the pecking order for uh, Jesus Ferreira. Yeah. Uh, but uh, from the ones he, the forwards he has in this tournament, definitely Brandon Vasquez should be given the uh, starting spot, at least for the next match. See, see what he can do up there. Um, so that kind of brings us up to the next match for the USA. They're going to be playing St. Kitts and Nevis, uh, who lost 3 0 to Trinidad and Tobago. This game's going to be on June 28th, Wednesday. Um, so the USA should hopefully ha- should not have a problem with that. I would hope, <laughs> uh, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, let's get into Mexico, man. Mexico ended up winning four nil against Honduras in Houston today. Um, started with a four three three with Guillermo Ochoa in the back, uh, Sanchez and Gallardo on the wings, the the wing backs. Alvarez playing center back, which we've seen him play before. Not his preferred position, but we've seen him play before. Uh, Vasquez as the other center back. The three in the middle were uh, Sanchez, Luis Chavez, and Romo. And the three forwards were um, Antuna, Pineda, Orbelín Pineda, and Henry Martín. Uh, what can you tell us about this, man? What's our first takeaway from Mexico-Honduras? Well, I mean, the first takeaway that I, that I think we have to address, and it's, I mean, it's the elephant in the room. Um, it was obvious to plain sight. They just didn't like Diego Coca. <laughs> they plain and simple, right? I mean, it's uh, it. I'm not gonna say that everything is fixed. That now, that, that now everything surprisingly works, and you know, Mexico is on the right path to uh, mend all of the mistakes they have made for the last few years. Um, but it's it, it was quite noticeable where, uh, how the how the players were comfortable with Jimmy Lozano, right? Um, I, I, and also, it also helps that Jimmy Lozano understands the Mexican mentality and how a Mexican player should behave and what formation benefits the strengths of the Mexican player. Um, but I mean, you can tell that they, it just felt different, right? They were flowing on the on the on the match. Also, and the small caveat is they were playing against a highly dysfunctional Honduras. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, and so that that just adds up to the somewhat strong display they had on, on today's match, but it's also, it could be like just a, a quick espejismo, right? It could be just a, a facade where we feel that maybe Mexico is regaining strength, but honestly, they had a, an opposition that, you know, didn't have much to do. No me tiran ni las manos. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see them when they inevitably get out of the group and have a tougher opposition. It probably won't be against us until the semifinals when they really have a tough mm-hmm. opposition. Mm-hmm. But um, the way they played today, they, they showed a lot more charisma, shot a lot more um, ability on the ball, showed a lot more um, just uh, tactical they sense. Like a team, and they look like a team that they haven't looked yeah. like for months. And, you know, they, they, they look like they've played with each other before. And it just it just has to do, like you said, uh, Jaime Lozano has coached these guys before at various levels in their in their development and uh maybe playing for uh a mexican that understands the program understands the the the, the 
intricacies of the Mexican national team mm-hmm. is is helpful. Um, so yeah, yeah uh, Jimmy Lozano off to a outstanding four nil win. Um, let's see how how it keeps going. Um, what's the next uh, takeaway from this match, bro? The next one, I think the uh, another clear one was Orlin Pineda on this match. He was highly participative throughout the entire match. Uh, he scored a goal. I believe he also gave an assist, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, I believe you're right. Yeah. And uh, so st- just strong display from from El Maguito. Um, I, I think this is the kind of Orbelín that we want to see more often mm-hmm. with uh, Mexico. I think this is the, this is specifically the Orbelín that we wanted to see against the USMNT. But you can tell that he was not uh, he was not in his element uh, following uh, Diego Coca's uh, game style. I think with this four three three, he is way more comfortable. He's way more open to you know provide support to Henry Martin and not only to Henry Martin but also to Luis Romo and Jesus Gallardo as they play on the same side of the court. Uh, sorry, on the pitch. Um, you could you could definitely tell that Orbelín Pineda was not only static on that specific side of the pitch; he was actually moving a little to the middle so he can you know if Henry Martin was able to pull some defenders and, and drag the mark. He was able to fill in that specific spot and then move uh, on a on a more offensive or more uh, dangerous side uh, during an offensive drive. So good kudos, kudos to Orlin Pineda. Great display from him today, um, and uh, I think he, he topped it up with that goal. Yeah, as Orlin we're used to seeing for AEK Athens, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he he finally had someone. I mean, even Henry Martin, he he played a lot better. Uh, he didn't play outstanding, but he was playing a great hold of play. And between them two, uh, like you said, I mean, Orbelin was finding spaces and uh, he just looked dangerous. An Orbelin we haven't seen in so long for La Selección since they yeah. all took over. So it was mm-hmm. good to see him back. Um, what's the next point that uh, we took away from this match, bro? So as, as we talked before we started the pot today, um, it was, I mean, I know that they won 4 nil, but it was also, it's also difficult to, you know, find some takeaways just because of how poor Honduras was. But I think another big one is Edson Alvarez. I mean, there was a lot of speculation before this match where, you know, he <clears throat> he, he probably was injured or he, he was leaving camp because he needed to fix, you know, or find out his future with Ajax or Borussia Dortmund. Um, but I think tonight was another strong display from Edson Alvarez that reminds us that he's a very versatile player that he's he, he's not only capable to play you know as a strong cent- central midfielder but he's also a good center back when needed like you don't have to rely on other players that may not, may, may not be going through their best performance uh or their best form <clears throat> and you can always move him into that specific position but the other thing that i want that i want to mention that i think is more valuable uh it's off the pitch right so i don't know if you noticed but when they sub Uriel Antuna, which He's one of those Mexican players that has has a very love-hate relationship with the fans. <laughs> Whenever they saw him, a, a good portion of the stadium started booing him, and with good reason, right? I'm not going to say that it's not that it's uncalled for uh, because he hasn't had a strong display in a while with with Mexico, um, and you can tell that he's not the best decision maker on the last third of the pitch. But that's for a different pod. <laughs> for a different episode, but they boo him really hard, dude. And you could you could see uh, Edson Alvarez running next to his side, just cheering him up, pretty much telling him like, "Hey, ignore, ignore the haters. Don't don't worry about this. You you, ha- you had a good display today." Just showing those leadership skills, right? And I think uh, it's it's a good sign for Mexico because we constantly say that we're running out of leaders on that dressing room, 
But I think today was a good reminder that Edson Alvarez, who's a young lad who has been with La Selección for a, for a while now, uh, it's it's setting or settling into that uh, spot or that sp that a specific role of the next leader for El Tri as soon as Guillermo Ochoa decides to hang his uh, gloves. Yeah, and uh, Edson Alvarez, you, you mentioned he's still only he's only 25 years old. He's already had 63 caps or 64 with this one. Which that's is very, crazy. That's not common for a Mexican for a Mexican young for a young Mexican player. Yeah, they either peak super early and then they drop and stop getting called up, or they peak late and yeah, they're. I mean, for someone to have that consistency, he's been with the Sexion since 2017 with the the, the major team, um, and yeah, that's that's he, he developing a good leader. I agree. Um, whenever that is, that date comes, of Memo Chua retiring, hanging up his boots, we don't know when. Uh, I think he'll he'll definitely be uh, captain material there. Yeah. Um, well, for Mexico, upcoming match is going to be against IT, Haiti, Thursday, June 29th. And they close up against Qatar, who Qatar ended up sending their B team in this uh, tournament and ended up losing to Haiti today. So I don't know why they keep inviting <laughs> Qatar. Um, so definitely not the biggest test for Mexico. We won't see the, a big test for them against, you know, maybe until the uh, semifinals. So um, expect them to hopefully get all nine points from this group. Um, but uh, we'll definitely give our takeaways from those next matches for USA and Mexico uh, throughout this week. So keep it here with PPG. Adriana, as we wrap up, man, where can our listeners find us, dude? Dude, they can all find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. Last but not least, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Puro Pinchagol. We post stuff every now and then. Yeah, make sure to let us know in the comments as well. Uh, we like interacting with you guys down there. Um, mm -hmm. Are you uh, on board the Lamborghini here? Lamborghini. Uh, Lamborghini. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you think of his first win here for La Selección Mexicana, 4-0. Uh, do you think uh, Mexico is back? Uh, do you think uh, this was just, uh, you know, hey, they played a really weak Honduras side? Um, obviously, they looked a lot better than they did ever against Theo Coca, so that's yeah. at least positive. Also, let us know what changes you'd make to the USMNT squad. Um, are you in agreement with uh, those three players we mentioned that probably should not be on this on the squad anymore? Um, who who would you start next game, and uh, how do you see this Gold Cup playing out for both teams? Love to interact with you guys down there in the comments. At the end, man, another good episode here. I'll see you in the next one, brother. Take it easy, my friend. See you, man. Deuce.